Hello and welcome back to another edition of Systems Within Systems Presents The Way of Violent Realization. Today we're going to talk a little bit about symbolism and symbols and using symbols. All sorts of symbols. I don't mean the hi-hat symbols. I mean the things that you make your will help to find meaning in everyday life. Do you even know what a hi-hat symbol is? Yeah, man. It's high, and, you know, you ride it like yeah. a hat. No. <laughs> is that the one that closes? It yeah. closes, yeah. <laughs> yeah. Yeah, there you go. All right, you got it. Yeah. <laughs> I was just surprised you said hi-hat symbols. Most people say I just say symbols, but okay, cool. Yeah, yeah. Well, I mean, it, it's, I like hats. Uh-huh. Kind of likes turtles. I like hats. <laughs> All right, go ahead. When I think about symbolism, I try to think a little bit past what I'm looking at and into what that means directly to me. You know, like a symbol, like, let's, for the sake of ease, take the yin-yang. It's everywhere, and its meaning is, for the most part, totally lost. But, you know, when I look at it, what it symbolizes for me, um, balance and duality. But even the words balance and duality, words are placeholders for things that we otherwise would not be able to describe. Words themselves are symbols. I find it extremely difficult myself, personally, to talk about symbols because words are symbols, and this is the only way that I have to describe symbols and symbolism. So it kind of leaves me all tied up in sort of a maze. Do you know what I mean? Mm-hmm. Logic knot. <laughs> I, uh, my logic has been tied in a knot. But with that said, I think you know, I'm beginning to delve into some place when I think about symbolism... I'm, I'm looking for the root of where it all comes from. And I know it's in me somewhere. Where is another question altogether? Well, it's kind of like what you want from, what do you want from a symbol? And let's, let's start, like, well, let's go basically. You said that yin and yang represents balance. It, it really doesn't. Uh, and it does represent duality. If you look at the symbol yin and yang, just as a material symbol, we'll start with that, and then we'll get into what I believe symbolism really represents. But if you're looking at that in the material sense, and you're you're in the visual sense, in the aesthetic sense, you see the yin and yang symbol, and then in the yin and yang, you see a little, in the white, you see a little dot, black dot, in 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 the dark side, you see a little white dot, right? And, and what the yin and yang symbol actually represents is, is fishtails, right? So they're always rotating, they're always moving, which also explains chi within the human body. So uh, they're always replacing one another. And in the yin and yang symbol in itself, uh, you have a little bit of yin within the yang and a little bit of yang within the yin. That's what those dots represent. They're not, there's holes that are in there for the design that there's nothing complete so there's one of each, you know, there's a little bit of each in, in, both, in both symbols of the color. And those colors are constantly rotating and moving. And when you look at that also in the chi 
are energies of your body that it's also constantly moving. So one is always replacing the other. And I always looked at that as, if you look at that symbol, uh, there was this, um, this old um, oh, documents found that Christ uh, wrote a long time ago that the church did not want the, oh yeah, we should turn off our cell phones, right? Um, Kenny, can you get my phone just over there? Yeah, just in that. case it goes off. Um, and he found these uh, these old scrolls. They found the old scrolls at the Catholic Church. Uh, as far as I knew, this is going back a long time ago. When I, you know, a long time ago when I started studying symbolism, and I really liked what was in this one scroll that they found. And one was um, was that um, you know Christ never believed in the church. He believed that the body was the church. That you are the church. And of course, at that time, the church didn't want anybody to, to hear about that. You know. And the other was um, uh, was this great saying, which really explains the, the rotation and how it all everything like where Mr. Campbell comes in and kind of brings all of these symbols. Uh, if people really want to understand symbolism and more into it, then they should really start researching, uh, learning uh, what Joseph Campbell has to say. But you don't just if you have a, a, a curiosity, if you want to go that deep into it. But in one of the scrolls, it said, well, Christ was quoted saying that when the inside becomes the outside, and when the outside becomes the inside, then you will know. And that's yin and yang. That's rotation. So he's talking about the inner, the inner you coming to the outer, and the outer you going to the inner, so that they're both kind of constantly rotating, constantly learning about each other, constantly changing. So the symbol of yin and yang doesn't really represent balance. And a lot of people will also say that, oh, well, the yin and yang symbol, you know, like, they'll say, well, life is just duality. And, and duality is not, shouldn't be used as an excuse. It, it's, it's something that needs to be uh, investigated. So what I find out about symbols, whatever the symbols are, you know, we look at them in a very materialistic, mechanistic, uh, visual way. But really, when it comes into those symbols to remind you of things, uh, to, to, to hold what you remember, you have to be able to break it open. In other words, you have to be able to take that symbol and, and, and break through it. You have to really, it has to burst open. You just can't say this represents something because then you've got to forget. And in the book, we talk about, or we will be talking about the unsheathed sword. Mm -hmm. You know, we'll be talking about know your dragon, all of these things that when you guys actually start bringing those chapters into, into the you know, into, into light, then what does that mean? And these are symbols that you can hold on to that help you grasp different parts of your life journey. So a symbol is not just simply you looking at it. You're not simply just seeing it. You just say, oh, yin and yang represents balance, and really it doesn't. You know, it, it's balanced within the symbol, but your, your life, it's shown, does, it is not in balance. Even in the symbol of my uh, Systems Within Systems logo, you'll see one solid black, one solid white. Then you see the yin and yang in the middle. And then you see like this maze around it uh, when people actually see that, that, that what that symbol represents is really, you know, your life experiences. And it's like a maze trying to get to that center. And then in that center, you know, there's a solid black piece and there's the solid white piece. That's the solid. Those are the solids. But 
that's where the chaos and confusion comes in and all the journey, right? Remember when I was writing or mm -hmm. doing the symbolism thing so many, many years ago. And then I put the yin and yang in the center of that representing, you know, duality and the journey to understanding the self. So symbols are about breaking open and understanding and helping you. They serve as guides. But if you look at it in the material sense, if you look at it in the, in the, uh, in the visual sense, it's not going to serve you as a guide. It has to be internalized. You know? And we can get back into that a little bit, but I can see Ben wants to chime in on some stuff here. Uh, so, you know, they're serving as, as guides or as reminders. And that's where it comes from. And what that symbol means to you has to be broken up, open. And when we get into the symbol of creation and what you're about, then that gets into a whole deeper level of symbolism within the self. And I guess that's where we'll go from here. But Ben? Yeah, I'll, I'm just going to keep going off on the, uh, the yin and yang for a bit. <clears throat> it's it's a, like a surprising, you look at it and it looks simple, but it's a surprisingly complex symbol in and of itself. Um, you know, when I, when I learned about it, it's, it's, it represents the complementary opposites. So when you look at yin and yang, like just on paper, it's just white and black little swirls with, with the dots. But the representation of yin and yang, they're terms that have a whole, they're, they're umbrella terms. Like yin represents feminine, darkness, softness, and the list continues. It's a, they're, they're not short lists. And, you know, if you talk about duality, it shows you, like, this, this line of separation of the complementary opposites. Um, but if you talk about the value, and I'm going to go a little Taoist on this one, the value of complementary opposites, if you take a teacup, like, what's the purpose of a teacup? The purpose of a teacup is to hold tea. So the real value of the teacup comes not in the glass or the porcelain that the cup's made of. It comes in the empty space that allows it to hold the tea. You know what I'm saying? So the more you, if you make it into duality, you're you're almost inviting an adversarial relationship. Yep. And so if you make it a complementary opposite, which you can use as an excuse. That's what I meant by using right. something as an excuse. Many many of us use duality as an excuse. Yeah, you know, it's like it, the thing is, you go, I, I'm either right or I'm wrong. It's like, well. You know, you, you could be a little bit of both. You had a comp you weren't just saying one thing in the argument. You said a number of things. And I may have agreed with this half, and I completely disagree with this half. <clears throat> but you had some good points, but you also, it fell apart here. And so, when you take that into account, it, it really, you don't have to be on one side or the other. And I'll, I'll, I'll open a can of worms, but I'll try to shut it real fast. Everyone that comes into the school... How can you open a can of worms and shut it real fast? And just, hey, have a it's worm. Not happen. I know, I know, but it's, it's fun to try. Everyone that comes into the school asks you this question, more or less. They go, Sable, Sable, what's my element? And you go, oh no. <laughs> and you go, it's red. And like, you're just, you're just, <laughs> well, those are know. symbols, right? So yes. when you say, like, the, you may want to explain to people what right. the elements are. So we actually or, use um, the system of elements that we use, is actually pretty close to Musashi in the Book of Five Rings. So you got wood, water, fire, metal, earth, and Musashi adds a sixth one, void, which Sifu doesn't believe is an element, but it's... The ether. Yeah. It holds all the elements. Right. right. 
So taking that as a, so at the end of the day, he's like, what's my element? But the short answer is you have all five of them in you no matter what. Everyone has five of them. It just it just happens that most people have one or two that are Usually dominant. Usually one that are more dominant. Yeah. And then as you start progressing, then another one will start to emerge that you'll see is also dominant. So like if you're a, a bad element, it could be like fire and water if you're a mix of those two. Right. You know, where you're... You know, you're somewhat crazy or whatever, and you could see in the movement, you know, or wood or whatever it is, fire and wood. But yeah, they're in a, they're in all of us. It's a great way of uh, termin uh, terminology. Yeah. Uh, to and fighting. It's a nice model. It's a nice model to work from and fighting as far as like this person fights more like wood, this person fights more like fire, this person fights more like steel, and you can really see that. Right. When you understand that what's behind it, but it is all subject to interpretation. Yes. So right. But, but it's like the yin yang where it right. has a like a host of things associated to it. Right. So if I say, oh, he's coming out very very metal today, you know, it's not just one adjective that'll follow. It's a number of different things, and it's not just a physical thing. It's also a mindset thing. So, you know, the the way they're approaching thing, how they're choosing to approach it. And it, it goes, it's a number of different facets. So if you use either the elements or the yin-yang as a model, it's not just that that piece of paper in front of you. It's not just that, that two-dimensional image. There's a great deal more that goes behind it, which is what makes it a powerful symbol. Mm -hmm. And what Sifu was <clears throat> talking about with internal, like um, the internal and the external symbols, so you break that symbol open. So... I can I can write you guys you know like a pamphlet or a short book on what the elements mean and what they are, but until you take that information and make it your own and can can put it back out there in your own language and your own understanding, you you haven't internalized it because the regurgitation is not going to help you. And you're like you know I can what's metal? You're like it's this 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 and this. I'm like okay now now move that way and you go what? <laughs> That's just you know okay it's not a part of me. So, and even if, when it is a part of you, like, right now, if I tell you how to move metal, you'll still give me your interpretation of what metal movement is. And I may disagree with it, and Sifu may go, yeah, that's what I want out of you, that's what I expected you to do for metal. But that's, but that's not the point. So, the internalization is the very, that's the hardest part of, of the symbols, as far as I'm concerned. Yeah, when you talk about bringing it to the fighting sense, you know, uh, I know you know people come up to me and ask what their element is. It's, I think it's kind of funny, and then you know I say to them, uh, "Well, um, you're not ready for it." <laughs> 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 and you, you know, something you'll discover, and they get all depressed and stuff. But you know, like because I could say anything. It, what are you going to believe me? Yeah, yeah, you're 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 wood. That's yeah, because of this and the other. Oh, that's I'm wood. Yeah, I always thought I was wood. Yep, yep. What 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 is wood now? You know, and uh, very rare tuna element. <laughs> yeah, <laughs> yeah, exactly. So uh, it's really as um, if you look at if you look. I, I think we discussed this in one of our podcasts. You know, you could look at even like states. You know, New mm -hmm. Jersey uh, is a very steel element. Uh, uh, just in New Jersey itself. You know, New York. Uh, maybe, uh, but then you take that and you have people that live in California and they're a whole different element. 
you know, uh, and people, and, and then you have countries that are all different elements, you know, like our, our country is whatever it is, but we may view that other country, like we may say, well, they're steel because they're not agreeing with us, and they're viewing us as, well, they're steel because they're not agreeing with us, and it's really subject when it comes into interpretation, so if somebody's standing in front of you, and whatever you put together of that person, individual, and you interpret them as being steel or fire or water or whatever it is, then you can work out a strategy or a defense against them, you know, based on what you think it is. I may stand in front of them and say, well, the guy's coming at me with fire. You may stand in front of them and the guy's coming at me like wood, you know. But the difference is now, what Ben was saying earlier, when you could start breaking down all the meanings behind what wood is, all the meanings behind what fire is, all the meanings behind what steel is, and then you're looking at an individual, you can really start to see uh, that personality within that, within that person. So you have to remember elements, right? If you're talking about like the symbols and all the symbols in, in life that we use to help us get through things. You know, words, like you said earlier, are symbols, and they're very powerful. Words cause wars, world, words cause death, world, words cause, wor words are everything. You know, you could say something wrong. Look at, if you guys went back in your past, right now, if you could go back into your past uh, where somebody said something up to you, a little girl or somebody or your mother or anybody else, and it really hurt you, your brain has no variations of time. And you go back to that, and now that you're an adult, you say, oh, I understand why the person said it or where we were at those times, blah, blah, blah. But the pain of it and how you felt is still there. And that, my friends, is how you get molded. You don't even see it. It's insidious. Why you have some of the inflictions you have today, why you're more protective, why you have fears. You don't see it started at such a long time. That's a symbol. That's a word. And then also the elements. So the elements come in and it helps form your element, your, your element nature. And nothing escapes the elements. In other words, everything that's in the elements is in you. I mean, it's not that you're a piece of steel, but everything that makes up the elements, we're all subject to the elements. It's our nature. That's who we are. You know, there's a, there's a piece of that, like our DNA, our DNA symbolism. All right, that's in the extreme, right? Which is what we were talking about before. Okay, so that's a different. That's internalizing symbolism. It breaks open and, and wakes you up to things. But you have been around since the beginning of time, because you are all part of the elements that time created. So whatever time has created within. Say, right, maybe multiple universes. Maybe this is one big bang in this bubble, and then there's another big bang in another bubble, and maybe there's something great in another bubble. I don't know. But this is you, but boom! All of that is in you, is all in your DNA. The dinosaurs, the, the, the animals, everything, you are all, basically, your DNA is traveled through time. It's all a process. It's all, all stuff that is inside of you all the elements that are inside of us. You are living symbolism. And you are creating, and this is what we're, the idea of what Shaolin is supposed to represent, you know, which is a lost art. Huh. You know, you are creating your own 
symbolism. You're creating your mythology. You're discovering it, which makes it why you, you should be so difficult to stand in front of. And, and not in just, I'm not talking about in a ring or something like that. I'm talking about in Mortal Kombat. Right. It's that person, you stand in front of that person that it, 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 they know so much about themselves and so much about you because they look at you and they could just see how simple it is to defeat you. And that's creating, that's breaking into the symbols. But when you look at symbolism and you talk about the yin and yang and all of these things, that's, that's wonderful. But there's an internal symbolism that's been around since the beginning of time. You have been. Those symbols are a part of you. That's what I mean by breaking open. So all the symbols that we have created through our, through our imagination and creative imagination, we're here because of creative imagination. Imagination, imagine itself into existence, and it's here. right? And that's essence. You know, that's substance, that's chi, that's energy, that's all of those things. And we're a part of it all. In other words, playing with God. Right? And all that internalizing symbol, all those symbols are there to help remind you how to break them open and discover deep things about yourself. Just like if I asked you and anybody who's listening, go back in time. Go back in your time to when something was said that really hurt you. Or go back in time as well to when something happened that really made you happy. You can bring those feelings from when you were five years old, or however some people like can remember birth. You know, they, you know, like can bring those feelings back. They're all a part of you. And the only difference now is that you are in the now. You're an adult, and you're in the now, and you realize the hurtful feelings that why that happened or where you've grown from it. But they hang on to you. And also the feelings that make you happy, that make you joyful from the time you were a child. But if you think about it, you can evoke that emotional content right now about how you felt when that happened. That you may have moved beyond it and say, oh, you know, or you may have not say, oh, if anybody said that to me now, I crush them. You know, <laughs> you know? But, but you can remember it. You could bring that feeling back to play. That's a symbol. That's a symbol. That's what's coming. And it's still there like it happened yesterday. You know? You know, the time maybe your, your, your father beat up your mother. You know, the time that uh, your, your mother left you. You know, the time when your mother smacked you across the room. Like, what? You know, you can, and then they maybe, but when you start thinking about all of those negative things, like, oh my God. Or the time when you were sick and your mom stayed next to you the whole time and rubbed your tummy. And you can remember that when you think about it, and you remember it evokes the same emotion that you felt then. That is a symbol. That's when you're waking up to something. Now, what do you do with it? And that is what's helped you develop into the different things. Now, the idea of the avatar, you know, to become, to amalgamate all those symbols, right? And the reason I don't call void or ether a symbol, because that's space. That's not a symbol. That, in, that engulfs all the symbols. Right? That it's, it's everything that is. It's where the substance. It's where the essence. It's where, everything's come, it's where everything comes from. And that allows you, with all your symbols and everything that you are in the elements, to move through it and discover it. 
So then we use different things like, you know, the unsheathed sword, cutting through adversity. You use know your dragon to understand the true nature of, of self. You know, the yin and yang, all of these things. But the big downfall with that is when, at the point when you're just studying the mechanics of the symbol, which is great. That's a wonderful thing. Like, I know Ben's very educated in that area. And if you guys listen to Joseph Campbell, he's great with the symbolism and words. And another guy, the Wizard of Ads, what's the fella's name? I think, um, 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 Roy... What's his last name? Roy Williams, I think. Roy Williams. Don't you subscribe to his site? You're yeah. getting as well, bad I, as me. You're getting as dyslexic as I am. I know. All right, so <clears throat> well, we'll, we'll, we'll he okay. talks about the power of words. Oh, yeah. And he's a he's great a person to read writer, about. Yeah. And he's taking symbols into that, into, that, into that realm. But to digest it, to break open it, that comes into basically just you have been around for a very long time. And not just in your lifetime, but from the beginning of time. That's symbolism. And it's, it's when you wake up that symbol, through all the symbols that we may be using mechanistically, materially, you know, try to remember those symbols and try to use them when you used to, which is a problem, until you break it open, you're not really discovering who and what you are. Or that's part of the process. So when you talk about internal symbolism, that's the words of creation inside of you breaking open. That's duality. So now the yin and yang comes into existence. So now you have all the external mechanics and everything that we've learned through our creative imagination. Man wanted to fly, so he built planes. And everything that we do in the movies today that is so far out is going to be the way of the future tomorrow, if we survive and live long enough. You know, like artificial intelligence. You know, if we're not careful about artificial intelligence, it can end up destroying us. And to me, intelligence is just intelligence. Artificial or not, it's irrelevant. It's just part of the growth process. So we got to be careful of what we do. You know, it's like when Einstein created the bomb, I'm sure he didn't realize that the bomb was going to do that much destruction until it was done. That's why we dropped two. One of the reasons, right? We didn't realize it. And I'm sure if he realized it, he may say, I don't want to create this thing. But he may have said, I want to create this thing because I can create it. <laughs> <laughs> and remember, Einstein wasn't alone in that. You know, there was a lot of intelligent individuals and scientists that were doing that. And sometimes we create things just to create things because we're not paying attention to the symbol. We're not ready for some of the things that, we're, that we should be doing. But when you internalize the symbols, it's not just like taking the yin and yang and swallowing it. It's about breaking it up. I believe that those symbols have been in us from the beginning of time. And they all need to be decoded, broken up internally to get a deeper understanding to who and what we are and what they mean. You, know? you want to add anything to that? I, there's not really much I can add. I mean, unless you want to talk about specific symbols. And, and that's cool, like what we did. We talked about even the symbol that I made for the school or the symbol that uh, yin and yang symbol or... Any symbol, you know, all of these symbols in the, from each religion and stuff. But the point is, it's like you've got you to gotta see what they are. If they represent something to you, then what Ben said earlier, if you really want to know what wood is, look, look it up. You know, and my first element that I interpreted myself as was wood. And, you know, that is, and people that really know 
what wood represents, like what Ben said, yeah, that definitely is a symbol that you still you still have. You 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 do represent that symbol of wood. Yep. And what does it mean? And it's really cool. Yes. Because the symbols allow you to have some form of self discovery with with yourself, but you have to understand what they and if you can represent them. Like we talk about the unsheathed sword. Yeah. All right. And the unsheathed sword means like it, there's two ways of the unsheathed sword. You can, it could be sheathed. And then when you cut, the art of drawing the sword, but the idea of the unsheathed sword is that it's you're never it's never on your market set go. In other words, if we're sitting here, we're in a diner or anywhere, and some guy comes up, and he's got to attack us. Wait a minute, I got to get up from my chair. I got to get in position. I got to get ready to fight this guy. No, it's right there. It's right there, right in the moment. That's the unsheathed sword. You're ready for action no matter what position you're in, where you're at. There's no on your mark, get set, go. And the unsheathed sword as well, which is kind of where I base my art on, right, as far as the material part of it, right, is about cutting through adversity. It's about when things come up into your life or when there's, there's doubt or self-doubt or all this and you're sitting there, unsheathed sword represents movement and cutting through. The sword does cut both ways, though. So you have to know how to hold that sword. You have to know how to use that sword and how to cut through adversity. If there's something you don't like about yourself, then you need to study it, and you need to cut through it. I think that we talked about the one, the paths that were in the in the book. Did we talk yeah. about that on one of the podcasts? Yeah, I believe you and, talked about the, right, the last that, chapter in the in the in the book. Right. I don't even if, if, I don't know if that's even in the book anymore. But no, it is. It is. Okay. Well, and I'm, what the one where the original I, one. I yeah, read. that's in the original. That's okay, where I read it. That's cool. And you know where what I really need is a sword. You forge your own path. You don't follow somebody else's, but what it can lead you, and you can learn and gather information, camp out. But it's about the symbol of forging your own path. You know? And <clears throat> that's the unsheathed sword. That's what that represents. But if you don't remember it, if you don't break it open, if you can't hold that sword, then that sword could cut the other way, and it can actually become a detriment to you. It could actually hold you back. It could be heavy. It could be like, I know I should be picking the sword up and cutting through this situation, but the sword's so damn heavy, I can't even pick it up. I'm having trouble. And when you do pick it up, you're, you're cutting into yourself because you lack the understanding of what the symbol means yeah. to you. Hmm. So it's like the Thor hammer. <laughs> Remember the Thor hammer? Unless you're worthy, you can't pick it you up. You can't pick it up. They were doing that one mm -hmm. scene, if anybody saw that movie, I thought it was great. And the one guy... The second Avengers... Captain America, he's pulling it. And it's moving a little bit. It shakes and Thor gets nervous. There's, yeah, like, why is this guy moving this? It's moving a little bit, you know? <laughs> <laughs> yes. So if you don't understand it, it's heavy. And symbolism can work both ways. Go ahead, Ben. I know you want to say something to that. Well, that's... <clears throat> for the NG sword, I had to... I'm still working with it, but... I had to internalize that in a completely different way for to make it work for me. There you go. And that's how you express the symbol. So let's see how you did that. Well, for the mental imagery, because it's always, it's like you got to have the mental imagery. Because we don't actually have like a drawn unsheathed sword. We don't have No, like, it should be all mental. I've only like seen traditional paintings Buddhism. of that painting. <laughs> 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 but, yeah. So, yeah. 
<laughs> we'll, we'll quote Kung Fu Panda from time to time. But so in my, you got the mental image of actually like drawing the sword and you're holding the sword, and and then I I would lose it because mentally, just from the imagery, I'm focusing on the sword. The sword's irrelevant. And I'll 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 use something that Glenn I know Glenn likes. So a little Conan Barbarian. What's the riddle of steel? <laughs> what is the sword compared to the flesh that wields it? That's, yeah. yeah. So the point is, I was focusing on the sword. I was like, oh, the sword, the sword. And it, it, the sword is irrelevant if whoever's holding it can't act. So in order for me to internalize that symbol, I was like, there's no sword. I'm learning Kung Fu to be the sword. I am the sword. Oh, I'm the sword? Oh, I am the... Oh! Yep. So I had to... So instead of coming here and, you know, I'm I, I, like like pretending to hold a sword, I'd get locked up here. Because mentally, my brain was doing the same thing. My mind was doing the same thing. It's just gripping the sword too tight and I got no movability. So you broke through the symbol. So I had to come through this, this, just moving my hands out, became the unsheathed sword. And that's that's how I sometimes, you know, wake myself up. There's no on your mark, get set, go. It's just, it's just, it's just go. It's out. Whatever it is. You don't have to get up. And that is, in the, in the, in the, say, in the mechanics of the art. Yeah. Just in the mechanics of the right. art. The skill sets and all of that comes in. But if the way that I'm sitting right here and now, if one You're of these... You're prepared to move. I've just got to move right from here. Yeah. There's no, there's no on your mark, get set, go. Let me put my hands up. And you, you know my whole philosophy on people that put their hands up in front of you. You know what I'm. What, that doesn't mean anything. They're giving you, you something know, to work only off mean, of. Or, yeah, yeah. Work off of or go through. Yeah. And in 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 the ring or and any good ring fighter will say the same thing. That anything that's, but they probably even ring fighters because you're so conditioned to do that. You know, don't recognize well. Combat's different. You know, like look at the uh, just the the swords, uh, the katana, which is yeah. a great great probably the best sword made against the dando. The Dondo right. sword. And then when they fought the wall of armor, they knocked those guys over. It was like, I'm not worried about cutting through. They'd boom, and then the swords were sharp and heavy, and they were powerful. And the battles back then were just like, you know, just people just running into each other and, and having some skill sets. And the better skilled you were, it's not like in the movies. You know, like, you got to be skilled. you got to be skilled. you got to be able to command. You. There's a lot of... The better that's what Shaolin became dangerous because they commanded their ground. Mm-hmm. So anything that came into their symbol, anything that stepped onto their mat, they were willing to fight, and that's how they were able to choreograph their fighting. Uh, and Bruce Lee was one of the few fighters, I believe, some of the fights that I've seen him in, uh, really uh, choreographed. Uh, you know that you know he commanded that ground yeah. once you stepped into that ground, which very few fighters do today. Um, Ring fighters can't because that's not what they're paid to do. Yeah. But on the street, you know, and knowing what you're doing, like I, I don't know, a funny street fight that I was in was uh, when I was, you know, when I was a kid was uh, the, the nunchucks, you know, <laughs> and uh, a Bruce Lee came out and he was doing all this nunchuck work and it was really nice to watch, you know, whatever. And and I remember when I was on this one street fight and um, this guy came out and he was able to do like the two nunchucks, you know, yeah, two hands and. He would take the nunchucks and he'd be doing before we're fighting. And he's just there and the guy, the kid in front of him, you know, like kids, you know, you're, you know, I don't know, uh, 17, 18 years old. So, and, you, and they're swinging us around like, oh man, this guy's bad. And the, 
goes after the, the kid goes after him and he swung the nunchuck out and it and when it was <laughs> when it hit him in the head it bounced off his head and hit him in the head and they were both knocked out and it really kind of diffused the whole violence of the of the of the fight because we're all just standing <laughs> around looking at both of these guys that's, knocked out on the ground terrible. and then both sides that were fighting just started laughing you know like this is this is ridiculous i don't really remember i think we just all walked away and left them there and uh it was just so stupid that you're watching this movie and yeah you got all these great moves and then boom, boom and, and you knock each other out so you gotta know how to use your sword like what you were saying and that's where the sword comes both ways and where you see that you become the sword so any weapon has to become an extension of yourself any symbol has to become the extension of you. It's not something you could just look at. It's not something you could just say. That you have to break it open. And that is where you start speaking. The words start having meaning. And you start really listening. And you can, and you can hear creation within you. That's when you start breaking open. And that's truly one of the ways or one of the tools that you have to really play with God the warrior's path. You know? Get in the sandbox. Anything you want to add to that, Ben? I, I'm, I'm good. I can just go off on more words and symbols, but... I just think breaking down symbols. And for people that are listening, if you guys are interested, we gave you some ways to study. Just go out and look it up. It, is, it isn't very easy to find what wood or earth means. I tell you, there's a great movie... <laughs> You oh, know yeah. what I'm gonna say. I know exactly what you're gonna say. It's it's a it's a terrible movie, but it's, it's awesome. a great it's awesome and it's done with kangaroos before I even give the title of the movie, right? Yeah. It's done with kangaroos, it was made for kids. There was no way that the, the, the material of that movie was made for kids. Everything's in it. But they do this great description. If you could get through and the one and the acting in it's great. It really is for the what chef it is. is good. Yeah, they're all the chef is great. Yeah. The first scene where the chef uh, is doing that first scene is great before he goes into this other world, right? Mm-hmm. And um, and the bad guy overacts, and he's just great. But he's got awesome lines. Awesome lines. And it's called Warriors of Virtue. And uh, if you watch the show, there's one scene where it does. Uh, it's probably the best version that I've ever heard of describing the five elements. Yeah, it's very condensed, but it's good. Uh, yeah, so you want to start start there. You see a great show. Okay, maybe it's not so great. But uh, as an it, adult, it's, it's really fun to watch. Uh, if you could get any, you could, and it's like all this great symbolism. The show is reeked yeah. with symbolism. It's, it's philosophy heavy. So and, like, and kid friendly. Like, yeah. The only bad actor I found in the show was the, the kid. I, I didn't the like main the, the main kid. I thought he was a bit, but he did okay. But the the chef part in the beginning when yeah, he talks about great. the moth, that's just gee, I said no way. This is for kids. And another great show that deals that exists in symbolism that kind of the Kung Fu Panda came off of was uh, uh, Circle of Iron or uh, Silent, Silent Flute. Oh uh, man, I love that one. Yeah, that, that's oh, a great. That's a David Carradine movie. Yeah, for people that are going to watch these shows, you do not watch them for the. Uh, Kung Fu? The, yeah. Cinematic quality? Yeah, and also the Kung Fu. It's not about Kung Fu, it's about symbolism. And in fact, uh, the the Iron uh, uh, Circle of Iron, or Silent Flute, to me was probably the best Kung Fu or martial art movie ever in history. Ever. 
and the fighting in it was terrible. And the cord with the main ca- character, who was supposed to be terrible, was terrible in it, but he was just a brute. He was one of those heavy fighters. But it was all about discovery. And to those, to this day, out of all the martial art movies that I've seen and everything, because we want to be entertained, uh, these movies were just really spectacular and reeking with symbolism. And that may be for people that are listening, or if you guys haven't even seen those shows, uh, it, it, it's a good place to start to get a reference from. And if you watch it for the symbolism quality, you'll have a different, uh, you'll have a different take on it. If you're not watching it because, uh, oh, you know, the acting's not great or here or it's corny, then you've got to lose what it's saying. Yeah, you have, you, know? to, you have to walk in expecting not to enjoy it on that level. Y- yeah, but I have. Yeah. I enjoyed it on that level. There were so many things about it. No, that no, no. Just... You liked it philosophically, but yeah. as a movie, you're like... No, as a movie, it was, like, it was not good. You're not going to pay money to go see it in a theater on a date. Like... Yeah, you're dating maybe if you're dating you. a philosophy Yeah, maybe if you're dating... Yeah. yeah, you know. It's great, and it really gives you an idea of symbolism and discovering. Um, and if you ever want to talk about aspects, especially... Um, well, either one of those. I could just break into like, you know, it's people will like that, especially listeners, because they can actually refer to something and then you can ask questions about it. And, and they say, <laughs> well, this is what that was really being said. And it's Hollywood. But they were doing they were taking things from symbolism and making it into a story. Yeah. And uh, Silent Flute was actually written by Bruce Lee. Yeah. Uh, before that. There's this came in. Whole and there's thing. this great thing on Kill Bill mm-hmm. where. Um, I think Carradine does an interview about on Kill Bill. He talks about the silent. He talks about the silent. He said, and he said that was the best thing he ever did. That was the best movie, or best thing he was ever in, next to Kill Bill, which this, you know, the photography and stuff. Yeah, Kill Bill was great. great. And he, uh, I feel like there's even a reference to the silent flute in Kill Bill because he plays at one point a huge flute. Well, the the flute is the same flute that he made from. from, from Circle of Iron, from yeah. From Circle of Iron. And he used that flute in yeah, Kill Bill. Because I think David Carradine, he kept it. Yeah, and he, and he used it to, to, to fight in this uh, in the movie. Kill Bill was just uh, just a great show as far as the old kung fu movies with the terrible blood and you know, all the, <laughs> you know, the blood that's so fake and splurting everywhere. And the old music that they used to... Uh, you know, like to kill Bill, like we're here from Five Fingers of Death and yeah, all those yeah. great movies. Oh man. If you guys grew up with any of that stuff I did as a kid. <laughs> you know, and uh <clears throat> Yeah, and it's just a great movie to watch for that. But if you want to talk about symbolism and a place to start, I would recommend watching those shows. And if you haven't not an open mind, you see it for symbolism, you've got to really learn a lot from it. Then if you want to go deeper down the rabbit hole you really want to break into the meanings behind it and stuff, then uh, The Wizard of Ads uses symbolism through yeah. that whole book. It's a great read, uh, and you'll learn an awful lot from that guy. And, of course, Joseph Campbell. Yeah. His whole thing on mythology and symbolism is... The is book we cool. like is The Magical World of the Wizard of Ads. Right. But they're all good. Oh, they're all good. And, he's, he's, and it just reeks with symbols and how he uses symbols to empower and get people to do what he wants or to buy what he's selling. And uh, so you can take symbolism uh, into so many realms uh, when you learn how to use it in business and in, in anything that you do. Um, but 
when you internalize it and you break it open, uh, we were talking about before, those symbols are in you. You just have to get behind them. You got to smash through them and open it up, and then you're opening up the words of God within you, the words of creation. You know, you know how my feelings on God kind of lessens what it is. Mm. So when you talk about creation, it opens up, and you start you start understanding that each of us are made up of countless voices, and each voice represents a different part of the self, but. When you start breaking through the symbolism of those voices and what they're saying, what they mean, the things that you think are dark about you or bad about you is only because you don't understand them. They're your demons. They're your teachers. And if you give in to them in a bad way and you say, you just say, oh, this is what I'm going to do, then that may not be a good thing to do. Most likely it's not. But all these voices have a place. They all represent a symbol within the self. And if you could break into them and open up and go into those rooms and clean them up, and understand what's going on, the shadows start to leave, you have that one voice that you guys are always confused to listen to. You know? And that voice, you know, because, well, how do I know that what I'm doing is right? Or how is this voice? But you'll know it. Because it will be clearer, and it will bring all the other voices, amalgamate all the other voices together. That's breaking into symbols. And that's when the symbols become you. And for like you were saying, Ben, what the unsheathed sword represents is you. You are the unsheathed sword. It's no on your mark, it's set, go. It's just go. And you even know the way that I bow. When I bow, it just everything comes from that center. Everything is there. It's just it's just go. There's no there's no in between. I had to explain that to someone yesterday. It, uh, about the bow? Yeah. And? Yeah, just just who, who'd you yeah. have to explain? Oh, we can't uh, do names. She was, she was new, but the the normal bow is a closed right fist, and the I'm, I'm not telling you they they I, they can't see me, and the little flat left hand over it. But you know, if you put that out to someone, just like here, please grab my hands. I'm exposing myself, and it's a very nice the, the secret bow, quote unquote secret bow. <laughs> Yeah. yeah. Well, you look at that bow as just a greeting bow. And that bow, from what I understood, was, was a secret bow of the temples when they fell. And other people that would make that bow to you, uh, would, it would represent that they wanted to overthrow the government, which still exists today. Huh. And uh, that's how that bow was. So you would know that there was somebody that was from the temple or somebody from there, which started breaking up into all these different systems yeah. of different combat systems. Because the Sifus that did survive that were just training... What they did best was 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 crane or it was praying mantis and then all these other styles monkey and um, all these other things started evolving uh, from that and uh, it, it really started to change. So that bow, you know, I always like to say that that bow was uh, mind and, and body. You know, the body open open. And you the know, body. You, you know, like and mind mind and body coming together and working together and that's how I originally told it. Because it's just easier. And the great thing about the bows that I think that, you know, Americans should really try more of is like, who wants to shake somebody's hand? You know, we just do that. <laughs> but man, who knows where that hand's been and what that hand's been through and all the germs, yeah, that are happening and, and stuff like that. And I remember I'm in Chinatown, just a quick story. And I'm riding with all my students. And we used to, the guys back then I used to bring into Chinatown. And back then there was, uh, they used to live fireworks. Mm hmm so I bring all these guys in, and we basically uh, were like bodyguards uh, for, the, for the people that were in the parades. 
making sure that people didn't throw the line uh, dance line, troops, yeah. line dance troops fire M80s and uh, cherry bombs down the, the lion's mouth, you know, and the fights that were there. And the guys I had that I was teaching at the time were all like uh, criminals. <laughs> I don't know how else to say. They're all just like biker bad dudes, you know. So the seafoods would just ask, hey, can you bring your boys down? I said, sure, you know, we bring them down. And all those, I was the small, I'm a small guy. These guys were like mountains, you know. <laughs> and we just bring them down. And one day we're just, we're driving and we're in, I had them all in this van. And this guy throws up. We were going into Chinatown. And this guy throws up. And he throws all over it. He throws on his hand. And he wipes on his shirt. And this person walks by and goes, hey, Jim. And the guy goes, hey, how you doing? He reaches out and he shakes his hand, right? And everybody goes, oh. And I said, see, that's why you bow. <laughs> <laughs> so, anyway, any, anybody want to add anything else to that or, or talk about like anything turtles. else? <laughs> we're good? I think we're good. We're good? All right, so I'll end with this. Uh, I don't know what we're going to talk about uh, next time, but hopefully... Uh, we guys can get yourselves together in the book that you're writing, and we can discuss and bring us some chapters in that uh, to the surface, okay? Until then, thanks for listening, everybody. See you soon. Bye-bye. Thank you for listening to The Way of Violent Realization. If you'd like to see or hear more, you can check out the website, systemswithinsystems.com. We have a YouTube channel and a Facebook page that you find the links for. If you have any questions or comments, you can send them to our email, sws.kungfu at gmail.com. Thank you for listening. Please subscribe. We're looking forward to hearing from you. Thank you.